welcome back to another episode of Bias Check-In. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in. Today, what are we checking in with, Susie? Going once, going twice, and closed. Ladies, gents, and mixes, the PSYOP 2023 submission window has closed, the proposals are in, and we shall see you in Boston. And if you didn't meet the proposal deadline or your study wasn't quite ready for a public debut, no worries, there's next year or the next next year, which should be Chicago. That will be Woo-hoo. fun, but you get the gist. And what about those who are not quite ready to run a study, let alone present? Well... We're halfway across heebie-jeebie season. And so for this, back to basics, let's do a quick refresh of the ethics behind conducting studies on humans and all of the weird quirks that come with it. And trying to avoid repeating the horror stories of decades past, you know? Let me count the ways that we went wrong. Tuskegee... Emma Axstein and Sigmund Freud at the very beginning of our field. Lobotomies. Okay. Electric shock therapy on children. Project Artichoke. The Stanford Prison Experiment. Operation Midnight Climax. Okay, okay, I think we get the point. The aversion study. The Stanford Prison Experiment. Again, because that deserves to be called twice. The monster study. Really honest most of the experiments conducted on children, uh, the Milgren experiments, or experiments conducted on women, or BIPOC, or LGBTQ people, or anyone breathing before 75. Okay, stop. <laughs> I can go on. <laughs> I said we got it. Try to get out there. Let's stop here, or the episode will be as long as Lord of the Rings, old and new, lengthwise. I think we got the point. And I'm just saying, people are fascinated with studying all of the freaky, dark, twisty, divergent, messed up ways the psyche can go wrong and all of the consequences it can have. Like, look at that Daimer, let's call it docuseries, um, and the whole sleuth of psychopathology coming from those. Tell us how you really feel about the Dahmer document series. Again, we do have a length limit to the episode. I just... I have a lot of issues with how we are romanticizing it. If I see one more person say, well, but Dahmer was hot, I, um, I'm not going to say on the record what I'm going to do because legal evidence, that would be stupid. True. If you subscribe to that idea, I want you to click out of this episode and just... We don't need to be associated. I'm okay with that. Can we stop making everyone like, oh, but they were younger before we were, so they're hot. Yeah. Especially when they happen to kill people. Moving on. How do we do it right, though? For starters, in 1949, among the Nuremberg trials and as the world collectively tried to figure out how the heck to move forward after the horrors of World War II, 
the Nuremberg Code was formalized, putting in place minimum, very minimum ethical standards on how studies were to be conducted. Some examples of rules put into place include concepts that we today would consider commonsensical. For example, research participants must voluntarily consent so no force or threats are allowed. Groundbreaking. Also, if you find any of this not commonsensical, again, I'm coming across very angry this episode. I promise I'm not, but you have no business doing research on humans. Because another standard is dangerous or risky research must be based on sound theory. And where applicable, prior animal testing not just on whims and hunches. Hmm. What would happen if I drill a hole? X part, insert human part here. Again, you're in dammer territory. Research must avoid unnecessary physical and mental suffering. So work does not constitute research for most of us. Got it. Another thing that, again, like how... When Susie just said minimum, this is like beyond the floor, beyond the basement, beyond the core of the earth. For example, a research project cannot go forward if serious injury and slash or death are potential outcomes. Can we put that on t-shirts? <laughs> Again, dumber territory. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that one you didn't stopped make moving. It. <laughs> Oops. What the fuck? Um, the risk taken with research participants cannot exceed the anticipated benefits of results. I feel like this is one of those that was a little bit fuzzy in undergrad simply because it's like you will hear this and then no one teaches you how to do a risk cost analysis Yeah, until you go to the B school. I am. Woo. Woo. Uh, let's see. Oh, look at that. Again, we're somewhere between Dammer and we're going very dangerously into Morpheus territory. Experiments can be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons. Hmm. So you need degrees and classes and a lot of preparation in order to be able to conduct sound ethical experiments on people. And again, bare, bare minimum, because... I've never had to take a formalized course in ethics. I did take many classes. Human subjects must be allowed to discontinue their participation at any time. So again, going back to all the examples at the beginning, like the one that always comes to mind for me is this, you know, Stanford prison experiment where you're literally prevented from leaving. You're a prisoner. Again, and let's see. Oh, 
that scientists must be prepared to terminate the experiment immediately if there is cause to believe that the continuation will be harmful or result in injury or death. See above. So not only you have to stop if someone dies, you can't just wait. For your participant, you know, well, they, they, they passed on the last day. So, like, it's cool. We were already kind of data analysis. Like, no. No. <laughs> you can't just, like, keep them alive just long enough <laughs> to get your data either. Now, these are just a few of a longer, longer list of standards. Unfortunately, much like the Geneva Convention most people forgot about it and it took decade it took decades for rigorous safety measures to actually be applied a lot of the studies that we mentioned in the beginning were conducted long after the nuremberg codes were written circulated and well known which is where the need for overseeing institutions became painfully mhm painfully apparent in the US the federal government and the APA instituted that we, what we commonly refer to as the IRB, Institutional Review Boards, to make sure you not only consider the Nuremberg Codes and other ethical questions in designing your study, but to also have a committee of professionals basically very thoroughly nitpicking your study to ensure it cannot have any possible negative consequences on participants or if anyone is adversely affected, that the impact is proportional to the value the research will offer. And so every single study now, college onwards, sophomore year onwards, needs to pass the IRB to be able to start recruiting participants. Now, the application does have a reputation, or at least it did in my undergrad institution for being very intimidating, hard to pass. But again, is that really a bad thing when we are considering the alternative of harming or traumatizing people? I don't think so. And I don't think juries across the world would take too long to figure that one out. And there's the extra step if vulnerable populations are the subject of the study, like prisoners, children, individuals who are considered to have impaired decision-making abilities, whether temporary or long-term, that triggered like the full review instead of an IRB review. All in all, if you're going to study humans, do no harm, again, is bare, bare bone bottom of the well minimum standards and it only goes up from there just as medical doctors we should be graduating with a credit oath of sorts and i could do a whole spiel on the issues connected to the hippocratic oath i guess i i am in a debating mood this recording session sorry y'all uh but i think we are at time today and but being at time today, I mean, I'm seeing Susie's face and she's not there for it. Let's just move that one to Instagram, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. But let us know your opinions on the criminal docuseries romanticizers of the year um, or on the episode or on human research. 
anything and everything, slide into our DMs on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can reach us at Bias Check-In Podcast. You can send us an email at biascheckin at gmail.com or leave us a voice note or show off about the ethics of your organization on anchor.fm. And with that, we will see you in the next one. Bye. Ciao.